0: Hi, can you slate your name, please?
1: Hi, yes, I'm Anna Camp and I am 5'6", and I am based out of Los Angeles and Palm Springs.
0: Everybody and welcome back to Slate Your Name, the show where an actor, that's me, talks to other actors about the highs and lows of working in Hollywood. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and with me this week is one of my favorite—I say this often, I mean, a lot of the people that I have on the show are favorite actors of mine and favorite co-stars, but this one is certainly a cut above the rest— uh i'm doubling down on true blood guests this month and i'm sitting down with anna camp who played sarah newland to my steve newland on true blood anna is uh i would say number one favorite co-star of mine of all time there was just something really special working that happened when we uh worked together on that show and we'll talk a little bit about that um and we'll talk about some of her other roles i mean Anna is killing it. She's been in a million things. She was in Pitch Perfect Trilogy. She was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She was on the Amazon series Good Girls Revolt. She was on The Good Wife. Um, I could go on and on. The Mindy Project. I mean, she is just been in a ton of stuff, and she has two movies coming out this summer. Uh, one is out already, Jerry and Marge Go Large, and one is coming out very soon, Murder at Yellowstone City. So check those projects out. Before we sit down with Anna Camp, let's have a quick company meeting. Please write into me at slateyournamepod at gmail.com with any questions or quandaries, some burning Hollywood cues, if you would follow us at Slate Your Name Pod on Instagram. I think it's Slate Your Name Podcast. I always get that one mixed up. Guys, slate your name was taken. I couldn't do anything about it. Um big announcement This will be, this episode will be the season one finale of Slate Your Name. We're going to go on a hiatus for a couple months, and then we'll be back in the fall. Uh, The Patreon will be put on pause during the time that we're away, but if you want to check out our bonus shows, the green room over at patreon.com slash Slate Your Name, you can still uh, sign up for the rest of June and check those out. Um, Just taking a quick hiatus, a brief hiatus break and then we will be back with more slate your name later this year so i appreciate everybody who's been joining me over at the patreon who's been listening and joining the show this is just the end of season one and season two it's going to be bigger and better than ever before. Do people say badder anymore? I don't think so. What is this, 1992? All right, everybody, company meeting is adjourned. Uh, Let's sit down and talk to Anna Camp. I love this conversation. Anna is going through a bit of a uh, transformational period in her career. Um, And uh, this conversation was like a lot more, I mean, I always have a blast with Anna, but like, it got, it got a little deeper and more insightful than I expected it to all while still being very hilarious. So here's that conversation with Anna camp. And then I'll see you back here uh, to wrap it up. (laughs) And my dear friend, yeah, my former television wife, Anna Camp, how are you? What's going on? She's shaking her head, no. What
1: a loaded. I mean, you have a
0: real you have a real timely business, a very timely Hollywood story happening to you right now.
1: I do. How am I? That is a very loaded question. First of all, I just wanna say, Michael McMillan, you are just the best. And if I could work with you every day for the rest of my life, I Uh -uh. would. Because I love working with you more than anything in the whole world.
0: I love working with you. And it's been too damn long is all I have to say about that. Yes. Um, So you're currently, we're talking, you are in North Carolina. And you are in quarantine because you're filming a movie. But you tested positive (laughs) for COVID. And you're going out of your mind.
1: Yeah, I'm losing my mind, basically. um, (laughs) I'm in in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm on day five of quarantine i shot two days on this really lovely movie and i woke up monday morning and i had a a tiny tickle you know i didn't think Really, anything of it? Really, because I've had a tickle. We used to. Before. We used to get a
0: little tiny tickle, and we were like, "Oh, this is nothing." And now we're like, "Are we gonna die?"
1: Yeah, yeah. I go downstairs. I like see other actors. I'm like, like we're all masked, but I'm like, "Good morning, top of the morning to you. Everything is fine." <laughs> and they, I take my little test upstairs in my room, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the two lines started happening, and I am getting hot. And I run back downstairs and I, I go to the COVID compliance guy who was leaving. It was like straight out of a movie. I grab his arm and I'm like, "Ariel, that's his name. He's a guy." But I go, "Ariel," and he goes, "Yeah." And I go, and I go, "Come here. Take a walk with me." <laughs> I like get really quiet. <laughs> I get really quiet. And I go outside and I go, "Does this mean I? Does this mean I have COVID? Does this mean that I have COVID?" And he goes, "Oh my God, yeah, that's what that means. You have COVID. You have COVID. Here, take another test right now. Ugh. Take another test. Took another test. Says the same thing, positive. And then, then my life ended. And now
0: two two lines two- equals COVID.
1: COVID. So yeah, now I'm yeah. sitting here in North Carolina, um, counting my eyelashes.
0: <laughs> you sound like someone who. Isn't now look, no one would want to be in your position, obviously. It must suck to be stuck in a hotel room. So there's there's that. Sure. But and as someone who recently got over COVID as well, it's it sucks. Mm-hmm. And uh I got lucky, it wasn't too bad. But are you somebody who like you're not good with sitting with yourself for a long period of time?
1: Um, you know, uh I wouldn't classify myself as good. <laughs> that, that, you know, I I can do it for about two days. I can like watch the movies, be alone, and be like, this is peaceful. Like I'm meditating. Like, well, how quiet is this? Like, and I'm self caring. And then the third day, I wake up, and I'm gonna rip my fuck my arms off of my body and run and scream um so it's been it's been really 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 hard and there's been like some ups and downs like i've been crying in my car (laughs) (laughs) crying in my car you know at
0: least you're in a confined space
1: yeah then people like walk by and see me and they're like what is this girl doing but you know whatever it's fine I'm, i'm i'm it could be worse because i could be really sick and thank goodness i'm not really really sick
0: so. I'm sorry. I really don't mean to laugh. It's just we've been friends for a long time, and I'm not laughing at your misfortune. I'm laughing at the description of your madness. That's all. Like you people will be
1: people will you're be. You're still entertaining. Thank you. People people will be driving, and like I'll be like kind of like accidentally like turn in front of them, or like someone will like lay the horn or something, and I'll be like, stop! I have COVID. <laughs> like I'll just like, scream. Why be... <laughs> don't
0: you stay in your hotel room?
1: I can't. I can't. I did that for. I did it for three and a half days where I did not leave. I had Postmates coming. I like, and then like, I don't feel sick, right? So I'm, I'm running to my car. I'm not taking the elevator. I'm going, I'm going for a hike around this lake that like, at like the weirdest hours. So I don't really run into human beings. <laughs> You're the first person that I've actually had a conversation with, like face to face. And like that, Yeah. sadly,
0: but, and it's over Zoom. So mm-hmm. I like that you refer to the computer as face to face now. That's how long it's been.
1: I have a teddy bear in the room that I talk to. Because <laughs> I can't be on location in a room without something that has a face. Like, <laughs> like I, have to, <laughs> I have to have something that has a face. <clears throat> Are you okay?
0: You have a, you have, yeah, still a little, little COVID remnant there. You have a, um, so basically what you're telling me is you have an on location a comfort companion in the form of a teddy bear. Does this teddy bear go with you on every shoot or is it a new teddy bear every time? This
1: is actually a new one because I lost (laughs) the last one. (laughs) And I don't know where he is. And this one is actually, I looked for a teddy bear but it's actually a dog. But I I did, I purposefully (laughs) was packing to go for four weeks and I had to go out to buy a new stuffed animal to take with me and um it was part of my like getting stuff to pack was my new stuffed Do, animal
0: now does the dog have a name
1: he does he doesn't yet
0: <laughs> well we should fix that by the end of this episode i almost I want you to think
1: okay sorry Almost what i almost said hank because that's my dog's name so i almost i think
0: Hank, Hank is good. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a sensible substitute.
1: Yeah, it's
0: too bad you couldn't bring your pups with you.
1: Oh, it's so hard, and I know you you have your doggies, and you know how hard it is to be away from from them. It's really, really, really hard, and I feel like they are forgetting about me, and they don't know. That's I love not them. true. Oh,
0: they're gonna be so excited to see you when you get back. I and, hope so. And you're gonna get back, and you're gonna get back on set, Anna you're near the you're not too far from where you grew up is that correct
1: yeah that's very correct i actually spent five years in this town in winston-salem i went to college oh that's
0: right i didn't think about that so you went to tell us what college that was
1: i went to the university of the north carolina school of the arts for my senior year of high school and for all four years of college hello
0: I forgot that NCSA was also a high school, like much like Interlocking where I where I went. Interlocking, not a college, but it is a high school. So you must have then been at an early age, like I gotta I gotta get on stage.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, my sister, uh, who's seven years older than me, she was also very interested in acting, um, and started, you know, taking acting classes. And I was in second grade, and I was like, "What is she doing? I want to do that!" And immediately. Like my parents put me into acting class when I was like really very, very, very young. Um, and we would just like recite poems at the front of the class and stuff, but it was something that I always knew I wanted to do. And um, yeah, yeah, I've been acting since like, I guess second grade from South Carolina is where I'm originally What was your from. first
0: role? What was your first role?
1: My very first role was in a, uh, like, a like a school play. It was like a dare to dare play, like a dare to keep kids off drugs. Um, and I got cast as a drug dealer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> edgy right off the bat, doing some edgy. You're like, yeah, give me, give me. Now, why did you get cast as a drug dealer? And wh- how did you play it? I, let's break this down.
1: Okay, great. This is a great question. What kind this of is research my- did
0: you do? What was your costume?
1: I believe I was like in fourth or fifth grade. And speaking of costumes, I was like, I was lost. You know, I didn't know what to... I remember I went home and I told my mom that I had gotten cast in the play. And I I got cast as a drug dealer. And I remember her being like, oh, well, that's not. That's really nice. And I remember telling her that it wasn't just me as a drug dealer. I was like in a group of drug dealers. (laughs) So
0: you're not even like a featured drug dealer. You're in... You're like in a gang of drug dealers. I'm like boys. drug what dealer
1: was, number four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were you selling?
1: Gummy, uh, no, jelly beans. They gave us bags <laughs> of jelly beans. I'm not kidding. To sell. <laughs> and I remember- Were
0: they supposed to be pills?
1: I guess so. Uppers, downers, you know, quaaludes, <laughs> I barbiturates. Like,
0: I also feel like PCP was big <laughs> in D.A.R.E. back when we were kids. I mean, I'm older than you, but when I, I remember being like- Hearing a lot about like PCP and angel dust, and not being not being sure yes. about what those things were, but that that came up a lot in Dare, and I'm like, what? Who's getting a hold of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I remember PCP a lot too, and and I'm being like, what the, Like I'm in fourth grade. What, what am I needing to get like talk about PCP for? Like I don't even know what it stands for now.
0: I don't know what it is now. I just know it's scary, and I need to stay away from it. I
1: kind of wish I had some. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't don't do drugs kids. I asked my mom though what should I wear and and we we finally settled. <laughs> because listen, my mom doesn't own a pair of blue jeans. Okay? Like so <laughs> I bought my mother her only pair of blue jeans cuz she is a classy southern lady and she Got took it. them to go get tailored and all of this stuff. So finally we settled on me wearing cut-off denim shorts.
0: <laughs> okay. Because that in your mom's eyes like this is what trash dress is like
1: hot trash yes this is what mm-hmm. yeah somebody who's selling drugs is gonna wear cut off denim shorts for sure
0: fake mustache did you did you gender did you go re- reverse gender casting on this one? i don't
1: think at that time in south carolina they were really accepting of of, of that it. or yeah so uh-huh. I, I was just me
0: <laughs> okay yeah Hat. Any kind of like other accoutrements, or any signal, oh, yeah.
1: Definitely had a hat, and I, I think at the, I, I'm having a vague memory now. Or I'm hoping I'm not just making this up because I'm having a memory of like the last minute before walking out on stage, taking the ball cap and t- twisting it around, you know. Yeah. Like going making for
0: that it. last. Trusting in your instincts, making that last-minute choice. Like you know what, I do think, I do think she'd do this.
1: Yeah, being like, I, I, should do it. No, wait, yeah, just do it. Boom, and then like walking out and going, aren't you glad that you like felt that rush of like maybe this is wrong, but maybe this could be oh so right.
0: Taking a risk, yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think someone
0: appreciated happened. it. I think somebody s- appreciated it out there
1: yeah they they didn't buy my drugs because you know part of the play was to say no but I definitely tried my best
0: I remember one time in uh, one of my school plays or pageants I had to sing a solo which was unfortunately Dixieland no, uh, in no. retrospect has not aged well No, and I messed up the lyrics and I got through it and walked back to the risers, and I started crying Aww. because I was—I like the the like—I crashed emotionally and Aww. started crying. And I was standing in the front row, and one of the uh, <laughs> one of the <laughs> choreography was like we were we were like putting our hands past our faces. And I was like, all right, as my hand, as my arm passes my face, I'll just wipe my tears away and no one will notice. <laughs> but it was just turned into, it was, could not be more obvious. that I got gotten embarrassed and started crying in front of that's, A, my classmates and every parent out there.
1: That's beautiful, Michael. That's absolutely beautiful though. Like that, you have to write that and put that into a show or something, please. That's, that's beautiful.
0: I should, I mean, a part of me felt like I should quit then and there, but I persevered. So you, when, so you started as a drug dealer, started Started off and then obviously you got, you got the taste for it. You got hooked. What was like, what was growing up doing theater like where you were at? How did you make the transition from, from school stuff to like, okay, now I'm going to high school for this?
1: Um, Well, uh, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, where I got my drug dealer first part Um, and there was a really great community, like theater community there. So there's this um, awesome school that I started taking classes at called Workshop Theater. It was after school, like not connected to the school at all, where my sister was taking classes with this amazing teacher named Mary Jeffcoat. Shout out to Mary. She's an incredible, incredible teacher, one of my very first teachers. Um, and just was taking classes and, and they also put on plays so it was like a community theater um, and I auditioned for Annie and I did not get in <laughs> really upset wow. big bummer they're like
0: sorry no one sells Annie drugs in this place. apparently
1: I was just too edgy right for Annie yeah. They saw
0: that performance and they were like, I don't know. She doesn't (laughs) seem to be the right fit for Annie.
1: I auditioned for that community theater actually a lot. Like there was another play called Ruthless that I crushed that audition for like the lead musical, like a little girl. I did not get in. I was in my room for a week. I was so devastated, so disappointed. And then they were doing The Crucible. And um, I was too young. I was just a little too young. This is high school to play Abigail. And I really wanted to play Abigail, but they cast a college student, but I got cast as Mercy Lewis. So it was my first Mm. big community theater role in like a pretty adult, you know, a controversial play, Arthur Miller. I mean, like I was kind of even just starting to really appreciate literature and Shakespeare and really good theater and really good playwrights. Um, so that was my very first community theater role.
0: Another uh, rabble rouser in the community. So we're seeing some early.
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: Some early trends. Yeah. So that I that must have been so relieving to finally get, and you must have really wanted this because I feel like for a lot of kids, if you miss one or two parts or don't even get cast that might push you into giving up.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean I, um I was like determined. After all of the no's, um, I mean, there were other auditions, too, where where my parents got me, a, like, a couple of movie auditions they read about in the paper. Oh, like, wow.
0: So you were doing, like, going out for professional <clears throat> stuff, too, at that age.
1: I was. I went out for the um, local casting call for the Prince of Tides to play Barbara Streisand's, one of their children, and Nick Nolte's children. Did not get cast in that. I went out for another movie role, did not get cast. I went out for The Patriot. They were doing a, a whole casting call for Mel Gibson's The Patriot, did not get that. Um, but yeah, I, was, I, I became kind of obsessed with it. It just became, I don't know, I, like, I can close my eyes now and just think about, I've never really not known a time that I didn't want to be an actor and want to like book a job.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's great. I mean, that's awesome too. looking back. I mean, I'm sure it's hard, but like that, that that you got so many no's at such a young age and you, you persevered. You know what I mean? I feel like Mm -hmm. that's gotta give you, do you carry any of that with you still today? Do you feel like that? I mean, I'm, you get a lot of work obviously, but are you, Are you still getting those no's and getting, you know, that fire under you? This
1: is like such a great question. And I don't think I've ever really thought about like my past contributing to where I'm at right now, but, um, definitely I, I get a lot of no's. I get way more no's than I get yeses. I mean this, like every week recently I've been like, should I quit? Should I quit? Should I quit? And then there's something in me that's like but you've come this far like you you're going to work but but there's there's far more nos than there are yeses all the time and each time it sucks so bad it doesn't change but that fire and that hunger to want to get that yes has it, it's it's still there. I mean it's definitely hard but it's still there.
0: What is the thing? What are you after? Like what is if, if you imagine a moment in your future where because i can and we were, were going to go down your imdb and i mean like you've been working consistently like i remember after season two of true blood when we both stepped away from the show for a minute and i remember being like hey i got a job and you're like i got a job i got a job <laughs> i got a job and i was like damn anna's like really taking off and I feel like your trajectory has not I'm sure it feels different for everybody but like from someone standing outside it's just like boom 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 like I feel like you I've really been excited in watching your career take off oh, and thanks, um, Michael. so what is it like when are you gonna go alright now I've achieved what young Anna back home uh my young drug deal dealing
1: <laughs> pcp dealing
0: witch accusing <laughs> uh character actor you know like when when is it enough for you what, what, what's the goal here
1: well um i think i don't know how really people perceive me and i know i shouldn't really care but in this business it is has a lot to do with how people perceive you and how um and and that in turn will open up opportunities for stronger more um, deeper roles i i don't know how the industry sees me but i don't i this is i've never really said this out loud i don't think that i don't know if i'm taking seriously as an actress Mm. in this
0: what do you mean how so
1: um I think that I've had to say no to a lot of like similar roles lately that I just creatively am like completely maxed out of doing like the type A pitch perfect, um, blonde, not very smart or or, or just like that typical role where I just um, I'm like creatively I can't do that anymore because there's like so much more that I want to do and want to show people that I can do. So I think that like once I get a role and people get to see that role and they go, Oh my God, like, like that's not the girl that I was watching all these years. Like Anna Camp is more than just who I thought she was. I think that's when I'll start to go, at least crack open the feeling of being taken seriously as an actress in this business
0: yeah and as as we're sitting here excuse me you know uh, i've i've noticed and i haven't seen you since you've changed your hair color but now you have brown hair you're Mm -hmm. not doing the you're not doing blonde hair is this a conscious choice that you're like all right you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make them see me a little bit differently here
1: yeah, I I definitely got this uh, a job where I where I hope that people are gonna start to like see in this like amazing movie where I had to dye my hair. They didn't they didn't ask me to, but I was like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Like I want to like go there, um, and I'm in the middle of kind of taking the wheel and like steering my career into that direction, um, and hopefully kind of. Um, shattering the perception of of what people see me or how they saw me before or um, Perhaps I'm just sort of bored of those roles. So I've grown out of them and I'm just like I would rather Work on things that nobody sees but like continue to sort of change my uh, Creative journey and and just do different types of roles. So yeah, it definitely like happened by by getting this this job but now I'm like I'm not going back blonde for a long time, and I'm gonna say no to the, those roles, Like, it's rely. so
0: crazy. I mean, this is also like, <clears throat> I also feel like this is a, a a problem that women have to deal with in this business because, like, you don't hear men talking about like, oh, my hair color <laughs> determines the no. type of person that I'm or role I'm gonna play. Never. Like, that doesn't fucking happen. No, right? So it's crazy also that, you know. I mean, I would say you play the type A part. So, well, there was some of that, in, obviously, in Pitch Perfect mm-hmm. and in True Blood. Mm-hmm. I never thought of you being that being connected to the color of your hair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I obviously, I can see how that's like a type.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's
0: crazy to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That that's how you get pigeonholed.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I've even seen people, uh, like recently, like, I'm um, like producers or casting people and they'll be like, you changed your hair. And I go, I know I did. Right. I go, I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. And they're go, okay, okay. And I can tell that it kind of makes people uncomfortable, like certain people, like, uh, recently where, where they're like, but, but you were that, you were that person. And you were. We could type I, you. Yeah, we could
0: type you so well right here. Yeah, and
1: weren't you comfortable like in that place because you're Anna Camp, the blonde girl, and you were working all the time, and um, there's like this amazing like role where you get to sort of play, you know, Sarah Newland mixed with Aubrey. Like, wouldn't that be great? And I'm like, I I, I can't physically, I I like, can't do that anymore. Maybe one day I'll go back to it, but I just like as a person, I I. I can't even approach a role like that. I just... It makes my head hurt. (laughs) Yeah. You know?
0: I feel like people don't even know, maybe the general audience doesn't know, that you've also done a ton of theater. Like, you spent time, you know, doing theater in New York, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would imagine playing more of a range of roles in theater than maybe you've gotten a chance to on screen. I don't, I don't know.
1: You're a hundred percent right. No, I, I've definitely like where I, where I feel like I've gotten the best roles of my life have been on stage in New York and people have no idea. And they only see me as Aubrey from pitch perfect. And I don't want to like rag on that too much. Cause that definitely changed my career in like an amazing way. But I I don't consider my like that was just a job that I auditioned for, right? Like I didn't go to college thinking I'm going to play the uptight blonde girl forever. No, I like was on on uh, stage doing a play actually in New York and auditioned for Pitch Perfect, and it was just like a job that I like happened to get. I'm super grateful that I got it, but that definitely put me on a path and in a lane in Hollywood where people were like, "Oh, she's from the teen movie." where she plays the bitch (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now I have to work really hard to dig myself out of that niche little character type
0: yeah it's interesting because I feel like part of the thing you want you know is to have the thing have the hook that people can go okay great we know exactly where to fit you because that puts you in demand you know one of the things that I feel like has gotten in my way as an actor is I'm sort of not quite enough one of anything. So sometimes that helps cause they'll be like, oh, we don't we can't find the right person for this, so you kind of fit fit mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just by just by being sort of out in a in a couple different columns, you know. So sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like Boy, I wish I was way more leading man, or I wish I was way more charactery, because sometimes I'm caught between those. But you're worlds, far so.
1: more interesting than any of those types. Like that's the no. thing. But 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 Hall, you are. But but that means you're so much more versatile. But I understand what you're saying about that. Like it could be easier if you were just that type. Or I feel like that. Same for me. Is like I. I'm not like a model-y actress, right? I'm not like that girl, but I'm also not like the character like gal, you know what I mean? So I just, it, it, in some ways it makes it harder, but when that right role comes along for you and and for me, hopefully, it'll go, oh, and and everybody will, it'll like happen, and then and people will see us for like the talented people that we are. And I, because <laughs> you are, you're like far more interesting than any like you sort of go you could go any way in any of those like roles so
0: Well I think so. I I would I would thank you and I but I I think you exemplify that as well I mean just working together on True Blood you know there was some magic there with you me and I felt Ryan yeah. especially where I was like oh I am for sure playing with two actors that don't, you know and there's a perfect case right <clears throat> Quentin was like you know had rolled out of like the wb surfer role you know here's a guy who is you know a body you know cast probably to be shirtless in a lot of stuff definitely like australian
1: like perfect looking
0: yeah and turns out to be one of the funniest most creative weirdest yes you know actors i've ever worked with who on each take would give you a different read a different intention on the line without being prompted to and it kept everything so fresh and you were the same way i was like Mm -hmm. oh i can throw any ball over to you and you will you'll like catch it and throw it right back Mm -hmm. in a very fun and unexpected way i don't know if there's ever been a moment um, where I've clicked so quickly with a co-star than I than I, I think I did with you on, on that oh, set. Oh, man, you know? I
1: know. I know. It happened so fast. It happened, like, the first day at the table read where I was like, oh, my God, like, my dream scene partner is, like, right here. Like, oh, my God, like, the possibilities are going to be endless because we just felt so comfortable around each other. We were both talented. We both got the tone so well of that show, and I think that we were both, like, just perfectly cast as those parts. And then adding Ryan in, I think that was the great thing about True Blood in general is that there was some kind of magical casting where everybody was such smart, game, interesting, weird actors. Like it was yeah. just like, I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't had another experience like that like at all in my career. And honestly, like on a TV, just watching a TV show like I that that's an incredible thing that only happens. I I hope more than once in a lifetime. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it was it was magic. It really was.
0: I've worked with other great <laughs> casts and people that I've that I've clicked with, but like
1: mm-hmm.
0: nothing like that ensemble. And 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 yeah, weird. Like weird, weird in a good way, but yeah. everyone was everyone was kind of weird in their own way, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think they brought an element of I don't want to say unchecked creativity but everyone had a point of view that they were bringing to their parts how did you get cast in true blood oh how did that role come about
1: great question um i what was i uh so i had an audition for um the character of sucky yeah played by the amazing anna paquin so i was in my first pilot season in la i was living in new york at the time and i was on stage doing a play called equus on broadway and with daniel
0: radcliffe correct
1: with the daniel radcliffe yes yeah
0: i remember this production
1: yes he was he, I, I mean he,
0: i didn't see it but i remember you didn't
1: was see out. it darn <laughs> darn <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, uh, It was a great production. Um, I was with Deanna Radcliffe, and he's just the best. And I guess a guy named Alan Ball came to see the show. Um, And I had put myself on tape for the role of Sookie in New York. And then I got a call that they wanted to test me, to fly me to L.A. So this was like a big deal for me um I, I first
0: time you tested for anything
1: the first time i had tested for wow. anything and wow. they flew me out they put me up at this beautiful hotel down in santa monica you know i was like this is the life this is great and they also said,
0: a great choice for Suki. thanks you know what i mean Dif- different choice than anna <laughs> Pacman, but you're a great you're a great choice for so i was
1: like blonde i was like from south carolina like i you know, I I read the book and I was like, this is me. Like, I could do this. I could do this. And they said, well, they're they're testing you against one other person. And they put me in like a holding room, um, but by, by myself. And there, and I was like, but isn't there another girl? And they're like, yes, yeah, she has her own room. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm learning mm-hmm. here. Like, this girl must be like kind of famous. Like, okay, a name, yeah. A name. So they they come in and it's it's um. Gosh, what are the great casting directors? Um,
0: Libby Goldstein, yes. Junie Lowry Johnson. Yes, Libby
1: Goldstein, and she comes down the hall and she's like, "Okay, they're ready for you." And I'm, I'm like getting up and I'm walking down the hall, and all of a sudden the door opens, like where HBO is and everything, and out comes Anna Paquin. And Libby Goldstein was like, "Did they tell you to wait or anything?" And then Anna goes, "I don't know. I haven't auditioned in so long." <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> like that. And then she turns and she sees me and I see her and we make eye contact and we walk <laughs> past each other and I walk in the room and I'm like, Anna Paquin, oh, well, she's going to get this. She has an Oscar. What,
0: an, what a mind fuck in that uh, moment.
1: Yeah, so I wish but, that I hadn't seen her.
0: But <laughs> obviously, like, she's auditioning for the first time. So there must have been, you know, I think you obviously had a shot for this. I think that- and obviously obviously loved you because you did end up on the show
1: they yeah so it was like that was that was nice but i was definitely like shitting my pants like for my audition <laughs> because i was like well anna pack or well, whatever she's definitely got it so i go in i give it my best shot you know i feel okay about it i'm reading with the guy playing bill it's not steven it's like some someone else he's like a famous actor though who didn't get like i don't know who it was but it was somebody um and then I leave, and then later that day, I'm at the hotel, and I get the call, and I did not get the part. Um, but then there was another pilot that wanted to test me, so I ended up being really pissed off and drinking a lot of mojitos and saying no, <laughs> no, no until they got my quote up just because I was in a bad mood. I got my quote up off off the gate just because I didn't really care. And then I went and tested for that pilot, and I booked it. <laughs>
0: Yes! What pilot was that?
1: Oh, God. This pilot that no one has seen because it didn't get picked up. I played Alyssa Milano's little sister.
0: Oh, my God. I love this.
1: In a show called Reinventing the Wheelers. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh it was funny it was fine it was okay it was um my the my mom uh ted danson's wife um what's her name oh god mary steenburgen mary steenburgen played my mom and she was like incredible perfect
0: casting perfect yeah. casting
1: so no one will ever see it no one saw it but i did get was my it quota single
0: cam multi-cam what was single it? Was, it-,
1: it was a single cam and it shot in charleston south carolina perfect. which was great which is great what and network i think it was the w B, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. it
0: sounds like a W. If it's shooting out there and yeah. it's got that title, it sounds like a W. It was show like
1: family, top. like southern, you know, yeah. like what's oh going God, on in our lives.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about some of those other roles that you did book um, for Anna Camp. All right. Here we go. We'll be right back. Bye. Right, Anna we're back and I'm going to pull up your IMDB page Fun. the internet movie database Ooh. and I'm going to go down your list of credits I'm okay. not, and I'm going to pick now look some people are going to be like why didn't he talk more about Pitch Perfect uh, why didn't they talk more about True Blood because here's the deal sometimes I want to talk about some of the roles that are from your past <laughs> some that maybe are a little more obscure it's tough because you've been on a ton of very popular shows. I mean, my God, this this list doesn't end. And you have accomplished Stop. a lot. But I'm going to name some characters, and then you're going to tell me what show that character was from. And we'll, we might hit some we might hit some real iconic iconic ones here. But let's how about Ooh. this? Okay. Let's start with Becca French. <laughs> The role of Becca French.
1: Becca French? I don't even uh-huh. know. <laughs> Wait a okay, minute. This isn't. Is this I a can joke? give you
0: years. No.
1: Give me a hint. Becca French. Two
0: thousand eight. <laughs> Two
1: thousand eight. Becca French. Becca yeah, French. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm gonna pull up now. Oh, this seems to be Becca French. an independent film with some big actors.
1: Wait a minute. Is this Pretty Bird?
0: This is Pretty Bird. What was Pretty Bird?
1: Pretty Bird. Pretty Bird was a movie that went to Sundance starring Paul Giamatti and Billy Crudup directed by Paul Schneider. And I had scenes with both Billy and Paul. And it was one of my first jobs I ever booked off of a self-tape. Wow. Yeah. I played a real estate agent who had a couple scenes. Um who was, like, their crazy neighbor, and they were, like, building, like, a rocket. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, (laughs) stuff like that. (laughs) But, like, better. What's
0: going on in here?
1: (laughs) You know, I was like, my name is Becca French, and what are you guys up to?
0: (laughs) Becca French, she's gotta know. What's going on what's going in the backyard? What's
1: going on, Billy Up? That's his Becca what's French. What's happening
0: with this man's midlife crisis? Paul Becca Giamatti French is gonna be there to find out. <laughs>
1: that was better than my performance in that movie as Becca French.
0: Guys, Pretty Bird, look it up. I'm sure it's on your favorite streaming service. All right, here's one. This is a little, here's one Candice Dystra.
1: Candace Dykstra yes that was my role on Glee
0: Glee did you sing on Glee
1: I wanted to sing I had to audition I had to sing um but they cut the song because they said it was the finale and then we never shot it we never shot the song it was like a flashback because I was like a crazy judge and I was supposed to sing funny girl yeah
0: this is in sectionals episode sectionals um you you have a voice obviously we've heard <clears throat> where did where did the singing come from we haven't talked about that you know what I mean did you sing were you doing musical theater growing up
1: um yeah yeah I, I think so from yeah from what I remember I was doing some musical theater growing up I've always like liked to sing I never considered myself like a singer but Similar. um yeah you know but I but I but I enjoy the singing I enjoy t- yeah. I enjoy singing I do yes
0: but you weren't like taken voice lessons and doing that whole track growing up you just have a naturally nice voice
1: i didn't start taking voice lessons until i went to college and then we really started digging in and like refining it and i was like oh maybe i have some like it's some talent here but yeah i was just like auditioning for annie and not getting the part kind of stuff
0: were you a musical theater major at ncsa
1: no, we didn't have musical theater um, as a major. It was just part of our curriculum. So, But it was that's like great. a huge part. Um, if, and if that, I did sing in the showcase. So we could either Got do it. like two scenes or a scene in a song. And I ended up actually closing out our senior year showcase with my song. So that's cool.
0: What's, okay, so two things. Let's tell the people who are listening who may not know what a showcase is okay. and then tell us what song you sing, obviously.
1: Okay. Um, so a showcase is when you go to like a um, college or a conservatory and you're like finally a senior and like the last like t- two or three months of school, you like work on these scenes and you get scene partners and you present them to agencies in New York or Los Angeles or both. Um, and agencies come or or casting people come and they see you, um, and you either get an agent or, or, or something like that. So, um, yes. So we had showcases and now they're all online, I think, which is like pretty weird. And I've been watching my school's like showcases and it's, it it must be really hard, um, to be doing it all online. I just find that to be so intensely like disconnecting
0: that's how we're auditioning now i feel mm-hmm. like so i they might as well get used to it no <laughs> you you're,
1: right, I mean? you're right you're right because i like suck at self-tapes i'm like the worst at self-tapes oh my really God.
0: why do you say that
1: because uh, i've in my in my how many years have i been acting like 20 years or something i've only booked two jobs from a self-tape
0: uh Pretty bird. Wait, which was it? What was the other <laughs> one? <bird>. I forgot. <laughs> Pretty, Pretty bird. bird.
1: And then the la- the last one was like the most recent, which was Jerry and Marge go large.
0: Oh wow! Oh great.
1: Yeah. Well, you uh, you booked something recently. You're good. <laughs> yeah, but that's like like a, over a decade in between. That's a long time.
0: <laughs> it's tough. I mean, the thing. What what is it specifically about a self tape? Do you feel like holds you back? if if anything which i doubt
1: oh i mean happens. i like to curious. be in a room with people i like to kind of joke i like to i like to take notes from a director i feel yeah. like i can whatever they need or want or even like i can read the room like the tone yep. of the way they talk to me and how they're even sitting there or breathing i i feel like i can like oh i know what kind of character they want them in this but i go out and i and i have to do it all on, on my own with like a, a reader you know my boyfriend god bless his heart and like lighting it and and i always feel just like it's painful it just feels painful to my soul because it doesn't feel like i'm acting it feels like i'm selling something that I don't know how to sell.
0: It takes, yeah, I think it really distills the process down to like the most transactional part of an audition, which is I'm going to say this, you're going to look at it, and you're going to say yes or no. Yeah. And I and I, and I I think that going into a room is a skill. It's a skill that comes with auditioning. And part of the reason I know I've gotten jobs in the past is being able to Take notes and adjust on a dime Mm -hmm. and have the director or producer go, Oh, this guy gets it. He can take a note and he can. I've also lost, I think, jobs in the moments when in the room I'm like, Oh, I do not understand what this director Mm -hmm. wants, you know? So that is part of the process that we just don't have right now. And if any casting directors or agents are listening to this, Mm -hmm. and I hope there are some like, We need to figure, like, figure out a way, you know, Mm -hmm. I've even had call, I've had callbacks on over Zoom and booked jobs doing that because I know that I've taken a note. And the director's like, cool, great. I don't have to worry about this actor on set. I, yeah. I know that I'll be able to talk to them. That's and the And you just thing. don't get that with the self-tape.
1: No, and it's like, how am I going to nail it on the first try? Like, I, I, I just, like, this is, like, my take. I, I also sometimes am like, I, I don't know if I intentionally try to be neutral. So they're like, but then that won't get anywhere. But then if I make a crazy choice, I've also never booked from that either. And I feel like they just want to see the the performance and see the role that's going to end up being there on the day when you make a self tape and I just don't think that I've ever done done that in a self tape done what I'm going to do on the day in I don't, my very life I room? think very few, like, I
0: think I think very few actors that. have no I think very few I think very few actors have and I think that that is such a challenge because you really are just going in blind you are yeah. just taking. I think in some ways it's made me sharper in terms of like well i am for sure coming in off book yeah and i am i am like here are the clear choices i'm making there's not going to be i mean obviously you want to keep some spontaneity in it you know i just did one today where i was like all right okay i got it i got the thing Mm -hmm. and now i'm just going to kind of throw this one away or just you know I would go. Oh, I just realized that he's discovering this in this moment. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this one up. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you kind of get into a place you, you have to self direct a little bit, but you still, you know, you just don't know. You're like, okay, goodbye. And these feel yeah. like little boat. They feel like little paper boats yeah. that you set on a river and you send them downstream. And you're like, I hope somebody picks up this boat and like gets the but message and i get,
1: do I Do this people? analogy
0: my analogies always fall apart but you know no, that's
1: a beautiful analogy i know exactly what that means you set it down you put it on the river and then you're like will somebody see it will somebody yeah. even i don't even know if people are are seeing my I tapes that like i actually am like trying to be really proud of like i, I never want to turn in a self-tape that i'm not extremely proud of and and there are so many times that i like make the tape and i don't even know if like casting is seeing it like who who knows it's just like it's gonna be
0: odd. weird if and when we go back mm-hmm. to being in the room because i think there's gonna be a lot of starts and stops mm-hmm. because now we've gotten into the user like eh, i don't like that i'm gonna start over and maybe that maybe that's a good thing you know mm-hmm. where you could be like you know what let me take it back because that used to be a thing that if i ever did that i'm like oh no no. Oh, I remember. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. I had to stop and start over, and I felt so exposed and so embarrassed. But
1: but usually I that think... actually ends up being a good thing. I think I, I I sort of like got scared of doing that too. I remember, but then sometimes it kind of breaks the ice, and you're just like, blah. I don't know. <laughs> like let me... yeah. And everybody, <laughs> if they're good people, they'll laugh. If they're not good people, yeah. then like they won't, and then maybe you don't. even And they won't care. Yeah.
0: They won't care because you're gonna mess up when you're filming. On the day, anyway, it happens. I mean,
1: the actors that I work with that like are professional actors who cannot get their (laughs) lines out. (laughs) Good God, I'm like, I show up to work. No, for real, I show up to work. I don't, I don't mess up a take. I go in and I have directors and producers all going, "Wow, at a camp like you're," and I'm like, "Oh, I did my job." Oh, you're so surprised that I did my job. I know my lines. Like, it's crazy how many people can't act.
0: You can get comfortable. <laughs> you can get too comfortable. You can get too comfortable and too cocky and be like, wow. yeah, I'll, I'll learn it. You know. Yeah. Uh,
1: oh it's, man. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we're running out of time. <laughs> um,
1: no.
0: But. We are? I mean, look at all these, look at all these roles. Look at all these roles. Oh, Penny God. Beasley, Penny Beasley,
1: the office, the office. I loved that. That was a great job. I enjoyed that job so much.
0: Bethany Van Nuys.
1: Madman, Mr. John. I read M. with you.
0: I prepped. <gasps> I prepped this audition with you oh, on the balcony God. of your apartment while we were filming True Blood.
1: Oh, my God, Michael. You're so right. Thank you. I owe you. I owe, no, I, you're great. you were great. I don't owe owe so me much anything. to you. No, for real. I, I do remember that now that I was like, I have an audition for Mad Men. You have to, like, come over and help me. And Thank that was you. one of the
0: situations where this, the characters... I auditioned for Mad Men a couple times, and it was always, like... Ugh,
1: and you're so perfect for that an show.
0: opaque experience. I went in for the wrong parts. I went in for, like, the beatnik, and then I went in... Uh, the guy who played Brian Krakow from My So-Called Life got the role, but I, like, went in for the final season as one of, like... Um, Peggy's dates which, which I could have been right for but I never went in for the like clink, clink cut suit guy but
1: yeah, it was you always were so like perfect.
0: I, I remember the last time I went in I read and Matthew Weiner that was a that was situation where I got a note in the room and I was mm-hmm. like I don't understand <laughs> what he's asking me to do and I was so like eager to please and I, yeah. I took another stab at it and they were like okay thanks and as I was leaving the room, I turned around to close the door, and I made the mistake of looking over my shoulder, and he was just like looking down in his lap and shaking his head like no. And I was just <laughs> oh, like, oh no! God, God. I, I didn't get it. But but um, that's one where like the character names aren't what they are because they you know it's all kind of secret. So they yeah. The scene yeah. when we read it, I remember thinking like I think this is don draper i think this character this character is written like don draper you were saying that but i I
1: just couldn't believe it because i was like there's no way but the character was like a character named dan or something that similar and i remember being like there's no way there's no way it's just like a new guy and then i went in and like there was a girl all the girls lined up in the hallway downtown at that studio and they all looked beautiful in their 1960s clothes And they call me in and like, it's Matthew Weiner, just Matthew Weiner there. And I do the scene, but then, no, I do the scene once and he goes, okay, you do it again. Now, do you have any questions? And I said, yes, who is Dan? And he goes, don't worry about it. Just do the scene. Mm. And I said, okay. And I did the scene and then took a note and then left and threw my sides in the trash. And I was like, well, that was my one little brush with Mad Men, you know, my favorite show (laughs) of all time. And then I got the call. I think the next day that I got the part. Amazing. Was freaking out, and then I didn't get my script until like a week later. And I was going through my script, and I go, "Oh wait a minute, my scenes aren't with Dan; they're with Don. Who's Don? Who's Don? <laughs> <gasps> who the Don Draper? <laughs> and then I, 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 lost it. I was like, I'm, I'm wow. Don Draper's first date after his divorce. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah, and
0: you. He ended up doing a handful of episodes. I did three Great. episodes. And
1: I yeah, knew it as soon as I went down on them, I knew they were going to write me out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to be clear the character
1: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i mean like my god yeah bethany van nuys that's who we're talking yeah. about we're talking about bethany oh van nuys.
0: man what yeah. a great what a what a great um thing all right we should talk a little bit because i'm sure there are people who are listening how did you get cast in pitch perfect how'd that come about okay you, you sort of mentioned it you sort of mentioned that it was just an audition
1: Yes, it was. It was just an audition. I was on um, stage in New York um, doing an off-Broadway play at Second Stage Theater. Zach Braff had written it. um, And I had to sing a little song at the end of it on a ukulele, like the whole world is falling apart and I'm singing a little song on a ukulele. And I get an audition for this musical movie called Pitch Perfect to play Aubrey to go on tape in New York. One of the days, you know, I go in and then I do the scenes and, um, you know, very funny scenes. And then I have to sing a song. So I sang my little ukulele song. Walk out, you know, whatever. Bye. Great, great audition, whatever. But um, I get a call saying that Elizabeth Banks and Jason Moore want to Zoom. And this is before Zooming was popular. They wanted to Zoom Wow, you knew
0: what Zoom was before anybody.
1: (laughs) I did. I did. And I hated it then. So instead of Zooming... (laughs) I actually got on a plane and I flew from New York to LA because I, I was like I'm gonna meet them in person I'm gonna get this I want this so bad I'm gonna get this um, so I flew and I met with them and I auditioned like in person and I um, they gave me some notes and laughed and we had a good time and then I get back on a plane to go back to New York to continue to do the show and as I'm landing you know like I turn my phone on we're like taxiing to the gate my phone is like lighting up with messages from my agents and I had booked the part just like that and I was like what like it was a universal you know movie but nobody knew it was going to be as big as it was by any means yeah
0: at the time you're like Oh yeah! I nobody knows what a hit's gonna be. That's why
1: no. nobody
0: knows. If everyone yeah. knew, they'd be making hits all the time. <laughs> but uh, that True. was a, that was a big deal because that was your first studio like film. That was like a benchmark job for you
1: it was it was it was my first like big studio movie and it didn't feel like a studio movie though because like we didn't even have stand-ins you know like we were oh
0: wow really
1: yeah no stand-ins we were working our butts off um in baton rouge louisiana is where we shot that and it was like you know some known actors like anna kendrick we kind of knew you know and and britney snow obviously um but everybody else was kind of these unknown actors untested
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 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 now you guys are in everything but but at the time you guys were all fresh faces
1: yeah it's crazy that's
0: cool (laughs) what's it like being in a like franchise like what's 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 the thing you've learned or maybe been surprised by being in like a big franchise like that
1: well, I know that, like, growing up, you know, I was, I don't know if I was a fan of, like, a franchise movie, but teen movies, right? Like, I loved She's All That. I loved Mean Girls. Like, these were, like, teen movies. Um, and it was kind of like a dream, you know, to get in one and and be in one. Um, I didn't realize that afterwards, because those movies can be so... Um, iconic or whatever and like stick in people's minds and like it can actually start to like hurt your career mm. <laughs> um, it can help in so many ways um, but I I didn't I don't know I don't know I, I have like a very you know I, I love the fans I love the fandom I'm so happy that I was a part of that my god like that's like so Amazing, but I definitely feel like it is—it's hard for people to see past that
0: mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: So I'm just—I don't know. I don't know if I'm answering your question. Totally, no, no. I but. think
0: I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense with something that's so universally big. You know, mm-hmm. that you you can be sort of put uh, put there permanently. You know what yeah. I mean? Which, yeah. Yeah which is why i respect you for bucking the trend, you know, and
1: trying to re, you know,
0: being in a being in a phase where you seem to be reinventing yourself, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or sh- not if not reinventing yourself, showing
1: mm-hmm.
0: showing people that like i got range, i can play more than just this here.
1: It's like i got cast as a character of Anna Camp. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It's like I've been cast as this girl when that's not even me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so it's like Mm -hmm. I have to now. It's comfortable to live in that place of who that person was or who people think that person is, that actress is. But that was just also a character.
0: How much of that do you think comes from. And, and we all do this, you know, especially in the professional world. How much of that do you think comes from maybe something that you, uh, uh, an edifice or artifice that you're putting on or a mask you're putting on when you're going into rooms? Mm-hmm. Are you Do you feel like you created an Anna Camp persona when you were auditioning and stuff, and now you're sort of like trying to dismantle that? Or was it just, do you feel it's just a way that you you've been perceived?
1: I definitely feel like I played a part in that. Um, when you start to like go out and do interviews for movies like Pitch Perfect, and people start to say, like, we were gonna get Anakin for this, and like, she's like that girl, and then you start like, sort of like when you're doing interviews with like Kelly and Ryan or whoever, you know, you're like, I'm like, yes, I am that perfect person that you think, right? I am that right. girl that can make the jokes and wear the blonde hair and the high heels, and I'm da 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 da. And then I would walk off stage and I would like, Drop the smile, take my hair out, go light a cigarette, go to a bar, get day drunk. Do you know what I mean? And like put on my jeans and my combat <laughs> yeah. boots. And I was like, this only until recently have I been, why aren't you that person? Why weren't you that person then? Why, why did I feel like I had to play a part of an actress instead of just be me? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of it actually has to do with my Southern upbringing and, and my parents and all of that stuff, which is probably for a whole nother podcast time. Hey, uh, <laughs> we, can do a, we can do
0: another, we can do part two down the line.
1: Okay, good. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that I played a part and I wish, I wish that I could have been more authentically me earlier, um, but I don't have regrets. I just think that I'm learning to be more myself now than i ever have yeah
0: i don't think it you know it's interesting to hear you say this stuff i i never thought of that before you know what i mean with Mm -hmm. you so it's interesting now you know you know roughly roughly 10 years after we both finished you know we still got a couple years before we both finished true blood but like Mm -hmm. it's i think but i think that makes sense because i think it's natural because if you can, because also what what I'm thinking, especially in this day and age, and this wasn't really a term so much as when we were starting out, but like now, I feel like that's what people would be like. Well, that's your brand. You were just putting your brand forward, mm-hmm. and that obviously sold for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It got you work. It kept you employed. Mm-hmm. There was something that worked about that, and it's something that like clearly Marilyn Monroe did, Elvis mm-hmm. did. You know, people who were iconic in their own right who have a brand are, are able to do that. But it is interesting cause you're right. I think you could see that you can lose your identity in that. In I that
1: did. Process. I definitely did. And, and that goes along with like personal relationships that I was also in. Um, and you know, I, I, I just, I think it also limited me in the types of roles that I began getting offered also so there's been like a whole like transformation going on with me personally that i am trying to like bring my career on board with me as well and it's not easy work like that i'm doing you know right now because like it's scary because i'm I'm just like are people going to take me seriously as an actress like i hope I I i hope that they do
0: I think if you stay true to yourself, I mean, you, it sounds like you're following an artistic path. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's exciting. Mm -hmm. You've done, you've done the other stuff. (laughs) You did it.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mission
0: accomplished. And now you're you're, it's not like you're not getting work. You're working. So I'm excited to see. Where the brunette and a <laughs> us just goes back to being, taking it's it back to like a misogynistic. It's just like dyeing your hair, <laughs> right,
1: Michael? That's what it comes down to. You misogynistic yeah. piece. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, no, know that.
0: but that I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I think that's far more interesting. Uh, to take a word out of your mouth, you know, to mm-hmm. to see where that because it's just about isn't it all about being honest, you know, isn't it yeah. isn't ultimately what we try to do is just like, where's the honesty in this? Where's the honesty in me as a performer? Mm-hmm. Where's the honesty in this, you know, this character?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that that takes, you know, that takes bravery to do that and good good on you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep getting those no's and trudging forward yep. to the yeses. So no That's matter all you, all it. what it takes.
0: Great. Um, where can people find you uh, should you want to be found?
1: In in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, having <laughs> COVID.
0: <laughs> Somebody visit me. Don't get me. too close.
1: Um, no, people can find me. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Is that what you're talking about? The yeah, social, yeah, social media? Yeah, social media
0: or whatever people can um, follow. Or I'm, if you have any...
1: At the real Anacamp, which I wish it was just Anna Camp, but it was the real Anna Camp from years ago. Great, and on Twitter. Um,
0: and on Twitter. And then uh, anything coming out soon that you want to plug to have people keep an eye out for?
1: I do. I have a couple little things. Um, so Jerry and Marge go large. It's just out today. Today is the day. Is it really? It's out. Yeah, Paramount Plus. Today is the day that we're oh, recording. Oh shit! So oh, it great. just I'm gonna ha- it just watch dropped. That tonight. Thank you, and then on June 24th, which is later this exact month, uh, there is a movie called Murder at Yellowstone City, which is a Western, yeah. um, and that'll be in theaters, and also, I believe, streaming on Apple TV.
0: Oh, and uh, do you want to tell some people who some of your co-stars are in, the, in these shows, <laughs> in these movies?
1: Uh yeah, so I have like a lovely little supporting part in Jerry and Marge go large, and I got to act with my dream actress lady of all time, Annette Benning. She played my mom, and she's a dream. Amazing. And um the amazing Brian Cranston played my dad, which is also incredible. We have a couple scenes together. Lovely. It's lovely. It's
0: huge. Huge.
1: Just so lovely. Um, and then in the Western, um, Gabriel Byrne is incredible.
0: One of my favorites.
1: Wonderful actor. Thomas Jane played my husband, and he is a, a renegade of a man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Um, and Isaiah Mustafa plays the lead in it, and he's absolutely oh, wow. incredible, and I think he's just going to be a huge star.
0: Wow! Great. Cannot wait. All right, you're gonna come join me in the green room. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tease our listeners who might want to join us over at Patreon.com/slash/slate? Your name. What story you're gonna be sharing over there?
1: Yes, I can. So um, you asked me to come up with like a fun, crazy, bad, whatever, weird story of like my career, and I'm gonna talk about. One of my very first commercial auditions for Axe Body Spray.
0: (laughs) Oh, cannot wait for this. Amazing. Anna Camp, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, It's truly a, a, a privilege and a pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you. You're the best.
0: Okay, everybody. You can join Anna Camp and me right now in the green room over at patreon.com slash slate your name i want to thank anna again for joining me on the show uh please follow me at Mick Mills on ins- on instagram and twitter uh i have another podcast if you want to listen to something while uh slate your name is on a hiatus check out bigfoot collectors club that i co-host with bryce johnson and riley bray we're having a really fun summer program happening right now um if you like spooky stuff the unexplained bigfoot ufos ghosts Please check out that show available wherever you get your fine podcasts for free. I want to thank Noah Kopfer for editing and engineering this episode. Thank you, Noah. I'll be back this fall with more Slate Your Name. Until then, guys, don't call me. We'll call you.